this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. We are pushing right through. We're on episode 161 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And as always, Pastor, we want people to get the word out. Facebook, Twitter, text them, call them, talk to them on the on the phone if you can do that, small group, however. And uh, we are introducing more and more people to the ministry that we're doing here as we help people understand that the Bible does matter in everyday life. It's not just something we hear on Sunday mornings. It's something that influences our life every single day. Um, Pastor, you know, uh, I had the privilege this year of going to this incredible place called Israel. You did. And uh, thanks to you putting it all together, my son and I were able to get there to Israel and minister and fellowship and uh, really do a pilgrimage there. It was the highlight of your life, wasn't it, Pops? It, it was one of them. Yeah. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. Um, and we have the special privilege today of having our tour guide with us, Ralph, and he is here with us, and we're going to be yeah. asking him questions, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of the things that he yeah. has to say today. Ralph, you're with us. How are you, brother? Well, I'm fine. The privilege is mine, actually. Yes, it's good. So so back in February, we took a trip to see Rauf. Yes. And here we are in, <laughs> yeah. uh, in August, and he's taking a trip to see us. Yeah, and isn't that amazing? He is live in the room. He's not in Jerusalem. He is here in hot and humid North Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> Which is not as hot and humid as it is in Jerusalem, is it? Well, we have the heat, but it's a dry yeah, heat. Yeah, you used to have the dry heat. Mm-hmm. It's like getting in an oven. It's like getting in an oven. So, so there's about 145 degrees right now, isn't it? It's hot. Uh, not 145, 125. <laughs> He's too honest. Once you get past 125, it's all the same, right? Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, say so. Yeah. But we are blessed to have um, Rolf on the, the episode today and just want to take some time to have a conversation with him, learn more about him and, and the work that he does. And if you're listening and you're part of the Northwood family, we just put on the calendar with him our next trip. So in 2024, we'll go back to Israel. February 16th through 26th are the dates that I have there reserved you go. him. Great. You ready for us to come back? I'm ready for you, brother. <laughs> all your guests. <laughs> so you'll be, if you're part of the Northwood family, you'll be hearing more about that in the weeks and months ahead. And if you're not a part of the Northwood family, man, shoot me an email, Tommy at NorthwoodBaptist.com. Uh, we would love to have you join us on our journey. And I promise you, if you go with us, you will have the best tour guide in all of Israel. Right? You true. are the best one, aren't you? Well, the second best. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's the first best? He already died. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, oh, man. So, so you'll, you'll have one of the best guys. He's a follower of Jesus, loves Thank the you. Lord, and loves uh, the place uh, uh, of the Bible. And so I know you're going to enjoy that. So, so, Ralph, you were born in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the old city, the old with, city within the walls of the old city of Jerusalem, in the heart of the what we call the Christian quarter. Mm, mm. So, what was it like growing up in Jerusalem? Well, uh, condensed, uh, hectic, mm. uh, neighbors next to each other, lots of churches. You hear the bells every yeah. time, every uh, actually every hour of the day. It, it was a blessing to be born over there, but uh, actually. It has also its disadvantages mm. because of the, uh, the the small size of the houses within there. Yeah. We have only one one bedroom. 
Wow. Oh, wow. For the seven of us, including the parents. Gracious goodness. So by the age of seven, my dad uh, moved out of the of Jerusalem, the old city outside the walls, and we acquired a bigger house with two bedrooms. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, you're moving on up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still in Jerusalem? It's to the north of Jerusalem, okay. like three miles to the north of Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So growing up in Jerusalem, what were some of your favorite memories? What, what did you do as a kid in Jerusalem? What were some things you had well, done? Nothing more than playing around in the, in the backyard yeah. and uh, enjoying our time. Uh, practically, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre was in our backyard. So really? We used to run down, play in that narthex or the, the courtyard right. of the church, come back home. This is how uh, our life was. Huh. So let me ask you this. As, as a child, mm. did you understand the significance of the city that you lived in? Well, I, I did understand that it is an old city. Yeah couple of thousand years right but i did not uh, understand the severity and the importance of that mm. until i grew up okay, and i did understand uh, what is the importance of the jerusalem mm. Mm. how about that yeah so so you, your family uh, you, you grew up in a christian family now yes. you, you became a christian later on in life and then tell us a little bit about your, your testimony you just shared it with a bunch of pastors a little bit ago but kind of give us the condensed uh, story of your coming to faith in jesus christ well yes i am born into a christian family mm-hmm. uh, my family goes into christianity for like uh, hundreds of years from the time of the lord mm-hmm. i can tell you definitely that all my family who has been uh, butchered by the turks in 1914 became mm-hmm. martyrs because they did not lose their faith in jesus christ mm-hmm. in uh, the town southern of Turkey in 1914. Then my family, my grandfather, the only survivor, ran away from there to mm. uh, Palestine at that time. There was no Israel in 1914 to Bethlehem. Right. And then he, there he started the family again, and uh, we continued, of course, uh, as uh, every child being born would be baptized into Christianity as well. Mm. And uh, the same happened to me as well, as I told you previously. And... Uh, I grew up being a Christian, being baptized as an infant until I came to the belief, not only the understanding, but the belief that it's not uh, my uh, parents' choice, but it's my own choice to become a Christian, to become born again, to ask Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And thus I took that decisive decision and I became uh, a born-again Christian. Mm -hmm. So you became a born-again Christian, Mm -hmm. and and your story is you were already a guide in Israel Mm -hmm before you became a born-again Christian. That's but correct. you wanted to be, if I remember a story correctly, you wanted to be a guide even as a young man. That's correct. My daddy had um, a souvenir shop, actually, okay. at a hotel. Yeah. And uh, I always worked with him at his store, selling souvenirs to the uh, tourists. Mm. And uh, I was always impressed by the profession of the tour guides coming with their groups late in the afternoon, bringing them back from their sightseeing, how they talk to the people, how they, they guide them, how they socialize with them in the evening. And right. I like people and I like to also yeah. socializing with people and talk. Uh, and thus, uh, I always thought that this is a profession that I would love to do. Yeah. And thus, uh, when I grew up and had that opportunity to obtain a, a license, legal license from Israel, because every guide in Israel has to be licensed mm-hmm. from the state of Israel, I managed to do my studies, got my license, and became a tour guide in yeah. uh, 1999. So when you became a guide, that really was like a dream come true for you. Exactly. That yeah. was a dream come true, yes. Yeah. Because especially I tried since I, my college graduation in 1985, and I could not do that for yeah. some reasons I don't want to go into there. Mm-hmm. 
But eventually God opened the way in 1998 and I did a condensed course instead of four years, two years, 98, 99, and I got my... Uh, uh, license uh, to guide. Yeah. yeah. So what people in, in the States might not understand is, is becoming a guide in Israel is a pretty big deal. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a pretty long process. You got to go to lots of classes. Got to lot, and you, you, you have to you have to be an expert in the, the land. So what, what is the process like to become a guide in Israel? Well, you have to study majors mm-hmm. and practically to become a guide is not like any other profession in the world. You want to become a doctor, for example, you go and study medicine and medical books. But to become a, or a lawyer, you go, go to the law books. But to become a guide, it's an open subject. The more you know of a different subjects, the yeah. better it is. But the most important book that you have to study thoroughly to become a very good guide is the uh, book of the Lord, mm. okay, the Word of God. Yeah. Okay, but definitely we study biblical history, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, mm. botany, geology, mm. archaeology, all these we studied yeah. at the... University. I was affiliated with the Hebrew University of Haifa when I did my right. studies. Okay. Okay. And so, so you, you finished that, that course of study, you became a guide and you started leading groups, but then later on you had that born again experience yes. and the way you got it, it changed. Yes. How did That's it change? It's changed it from being words coming from my mind or words coming out of my heart. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I feel that spirit of God talking uh, through my spirit and through my heart when I spell out the words to my uh, group members. Yeah. And that would be, let's say, uh, I like to call it BC and AD. Mm, mm. Yeah, and that would be after 2009. Yeah. Well, before, between 1999 to 2009, before I surrendered my will to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was more talking about history and archaeology like all other guys within the country. And of course, I'm not trying to undermine any of my colleagues saying so. Right, right. Hmm. So so for, for those of us in the States that don't really have an understanding of what it's like to be a God, help us to understand, what's it like in the week of a life of a God in Israel? Well, to be a guide, it's a whole dedication for about uh, eight to ten days. Yeah, and it's not a nine-to-five job. No, no. It is a 24-hour. Yeah. And uh, practically the group members are your family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the group members are your family. You take good care of them. You might be maybe sometimes the youngest on the group, but you're still the most responsible for all the mm. group members yeah. because they are the most experienced about the country. You know where to go, what to say, how to interact with the community over there. Yeah. Because within Israel, we have different communities as well. And within each reach of each community, you have to interact with them in different language. Mm. And in different way according to the culture, so that you will not insult them as well. And we are we, we know that because I was born there, right? And I mastered it because also I uh, I know many people within Israel. Yeah, yeah. So for you as a guide, what is your favorite part about being a guide? What do you love most about your career? Spreading the word of God. Spreading the word of God. Definitely talking mm. about the word of God. Mm, that's good. That's good. So you think about all the groups that have come to Israel. How many groups do you think you've led over the years? Since 1999, that's a lot of groups you've probably led. I never counted, but uh, maybe like uh, between 1,000 to 1,200 groups. Wow. So you think, I know, Trey, when we go, like the last trip was our, we took a small group. Yeah. yeah. Less than 20 people, but usually mm-hmm. we take a group of 30 or 40 mm-hmm. with us. So you said you've led 1,200 groups. If you, if the average size of the group that you lead is 25 to 30 people, I know you've led some pretty big groups. Mm-hmm. You've yes. led hundreds of uh, people, yes. groups of hundreds at had a time. That's correct. So over the years, you you've had the opportunity to influence a lot of people. That's yeah. 
Well, not me influencing people, but I guided them. Mm-hmm. It's God influencing them That's through right. me. That's right. That's right. It's a big difference. I never influence anyone. It's the Lord who uses me. That's right. To influence the people. Yeah. But that's a unique ministry, though. It is. It's a unique ministry because you get to help people see uh, the Holy Land for the very first time. And uh, I'm very humbled that God has chosen me to do this yeah. kind of, uh, of, of, of work as ministry in yeah. my life and changed me from a traditional guide into a, a minister guide. Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about a, a traditional guide, what do you think of, of about a traditional guide? A traditional guide just focuses on history and, and archaeology. Okay. Yeah. And but you as a Christian guide, you bring in that that Christ center perspective and help us see the Bible for what it is. If you want to know under uh, if you know the if you want to know the history of Israel, okay, and the archaeology of Israel, you can sit back home on your lazy boy yeah. and uh, <laughs> and and read a nice book about Israel and yep. you will understand it. Yeah. But if you want to go into the theology of the Word of God in Israel, then you have to come to Israel, and there you will get the right way to understand the, the Word of God. Mm, that's good. That's and good. You have experienced it. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's great. So you think about the groups that you've led over the years. Is do you have any favorite memories of some of the groups that you've led? Something, some maybe something that happened with a particular group that really just sticks out into your mind. Well, uh, I mentioned it for you before that I once had uh, a group member. Uh, that was a retired Baptist mm. minister. I can't even remember his name. I tried to look him up to thank him, mm. and uh, he came in a group from Hawaii with a group from Hawaii, and he was from California. And the group was Catholic, and of course, I love Catholic uh, church and the Catholic people. I, I'm not here to judge anyone, and they're all good people. But he came up to me, and he is the one who told me that uh, what I do as a profession is very good, and even the speaking the word of God. But I have to be born again. Mm. And I thought that uh, that is nonsense what he's telling me practically until I meditated after a couple of months on his words and I was just hit by uh, the reality that it is my choice and not my parents' choice. My baptism was when I was infant and St. Paul said one time is enough and I know that it is enough. But it is the decision that I do in my heart that he is my Lord and my Savior that I have done that and taken it Thus, I felt that baptism from above, the baptism by the fire and not only mm, water. Mm. The Holy Spirit being poured within me. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, you talked about that earlier, that when we met with our, our pastor friends, in God's sovereignty, he sent that one Baptist minister over yeah. for you. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that's God, really cool, right? God has his own ways and his own plans. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't get it from the very beginning, but uh, then eventually start thinking about it. Mm. Mm, that's good. That's good. Hey, Pops, when we went to Israel back in February, mm-hmm. do you remember what your favorite sites were? Yeah, I, I think I, uh, the, the one of my most favorites, because it was the most surprising, was the uh, uh, premacy of St. Peter. Mm-hmm. And to know that that was where Jesus, you know, called him back in repentance, said, yeah. do you love me more than these? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wasn't expecting that. And it was one of those un, un, uh, unexpected things. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I remember if, uh, you we were telling uh, before we went, I was looking forward to Masada. Masada was fine, but uh, there was so much more to just this. And I think that's where I came to a greater understanding. And you helped me with that. It's not just the history of these things. Mm-hmm. Although the history is important, it's mm-hmm. the, the spiritual impact of, of what happened in these places and walking where Jesus walked. And uh, one of the things also was, uh, I think it was, I'm trying to think, uh, oh, Anyway, one of the places we were at, Caesarea Maritima, mm-hmm. and to be where Paul was yeah. uh, and did his defense before King Agrippa, that was very moving for me. 
So there, and then finally the the third one was uh was was the nativity. I had no idea that I was just going to be so. I mean, when I when I went to my knees because you have to to get to the little star. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't know that. I would want to go to, I mean, it's not like, oh, I got to get on my knees. I mean, you just felt like you couldn't do anything but get on your knees. Very powerful, very moving. Yeah. So, Rolf, when you think about all these different sites you get to lead people to, and I know every trip, because you could spend weeks and weeks in Israel and not see everything. There's so much there. So what are your favorite places to take people to? Is there maybe a couple that you like, this is my favorite place to go and share with people? Well, the, the circumference of the Sea of Galilee and the mm. boat ride on the Sea of Galilee is very unique to be at, yeah. so that you can we can remember and meditate on the preaching of the kingdom of heaven by yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ. Caesarea um, Philippi, definitely, I agree with Bob that uh, it's a major place. It's a, it's a place that uh, I like to open the eyes of people yeah. Yeah. about what would be the gates of hell. Mm. The gates of hell will never prevail against you. That's he right. told Peter there. Okay, and uh, what would be the gates of hell that the Lord Jesus Christ has meant? And that would be all the cults that were around them at that mm. time. Yeah. The different deities that they were worshipping, including, of course, until nowadays, the different deities that are, are these cults around us, yeah. trying to mislead people that they are worshipping the same God, the same Savior that we are worshipping. And mm. th- that is incorrect, of course, because there is only one God, and this God who became a man and dwelt among us. That's right. That's right. Another place definitely would be the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. When I go there to the Golgotha and remember the agony that he had to bear for our sins, mm. to yeah. die on that cross in such an uh, in incredible way, yeah. a very, very painful way. And the tomb, when you go in there and it's empty, that he is risen, he has defeated death. I have heard many of my friends, oh, nobody came back from the, f- after they died and they tell us what's on the other side. Mm. I tell them, why you don't? The Lord Jesus Christ came back. Why yeah. don't you believe it? Yeah. Mm. If another hundred, this means, or a thousand comes back, you will not believe it. One is yeah. enough. Mm. Yeah, and mm. the Lord Jesus Christ has come back and he told us, we know yeah. that there is life after death through Jesus Christ. Mm. So when I go to that tomb and it's empty, I know that I have life after my death. When actually, when I move uh, from this kind of life to another life, because I don't believe in death. I, it's just moving from one kind of the life to another kind yeah. of life. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. So you think about um, the nation of Israel, you think about the place that you live, mm-hmm. and you think about uh, the number of people there who live there who don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. How can we pray for them, you think, Rove? Well, uh, we have to pray every day, every second for them, mm-hmm. that uh, God will open their eyes so they will know him before yeah. they lose their uh, last second. Yeah. Yeah, because um, many in Israel are highly educated. Mm. Many in the world are highly That's educated right. as well. But when it comes to Jesus, to, 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 to salvation, okay, these scales that were on the eyes of Paul or Saul, actually, mm. they are on many eyes of other highly educated. And remember, Paul, Saul was also a philosopher. That's so right. He was highly educated. So let's pray every second that uh, these scales will drop from their eyes and they will see that there's only one way of mm. salvation, and that's through our Lord Jesus Christ. Only yeah. prayer, I believe in the power yeah. of prayer. Yeah, yeah. It just always amazes me that, you know, uh, you, you grew up in, in the land of the Bible, mm. and there are many who live there today, but yet don't believe in the Christ of the Bible. That's, that's hard to, to imagine that you can be around it all the time, 
and, and, and not under, but you think about it, even here in the States, there's churches on every corner, mm-hmm. right? You've been in South Carolina for a day or so. There's churches everywhere, but there's a lot of people who do not believe in, 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 in the Christ who is worshiped in these churches. It's, 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 it's fascinating to me. And it's just the, the need to pray and the need, the need to be about the work that God has called us to be about. Because they did let the devil to invade their brains mm. and their life and their hearts. Mm. Okay, and thus he built that dam, that obstacle in front of yeah. them not to believe in God, that there is a God who created everything. That's right. Okay, and he has loved them so much that he became a man for 33 years yeah. to come and bear their sins so that they can have better. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's good. The power of the devil, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So um, there's probably a lot of people listening to this episode who have never been uh, to, to Israel. Mm. Why should they go? Why should they go to Israel? Mm-hmm. Why should they take a trip? When we go in February of 2024 and, and I start talking about, let's go to Israel, why should they consider going with me? Well, well because they'll get to spend 10 days with me. That's good enough, only, right? Not, <laughs> Not only people, but including pastors. Right. There are many of them who knows the Bible way better than I do know. Mm-hmm. But when they come to Israel, as much as you have experienced as many other pastors who came to Israel and experienced as well, it's a life-changing uh, trip. Yeah. That will, uh, when you open your Bible, it will be in colors. It's no more black and white. It will be in color. That's it right. It will be in color. You will understand uh, the Word of God, uh, connecting it with the geography and the culture. Mm-hmm of the country over there yeah. and thus many of the parables in particular okay mm. would be immediately clear for uh, the believers to understand yeah. and uh, get stronger in their faith and deeper in their faith yeah it's not a place where you get ta- get gain your faith you already have your faith yeah okay it's there just to 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 widen it and to make it grow yeah. as i said a while ago when i became a christian or born again I'm a, with my own will it's like a seed that uh, God has put in the dirt. Yeah. And I felt that I'm growing and I'm growing. Mm. But I'm saying now after 14 years, it can, I could not have said and believed and known and believed in okay, on the first day or the first year even. Right. So it's, it's a process growing. And another, maybe God gives me another 10 years. Okay, I know that God will inspire me more and I will mm. know more. And uh, okay, my faith will grow stronger. And uh, I pray that he will keep on using me mm. to touch other people's lives as well. That's good. And to make the word of God clearer to them as much as he wants, not as much as I yeah. want. Because what's really interesting about you is that that while you are a guide in Israel, your family doesn't live in Israel anymore. No, my family moved to Canada. Moved to Canada. To Toronto, Canada, yes. Yeah. And so you're actually home in Canada, right? now. You're, you're doing a little trip uh, to, to visit with some different churches and different pastors for the next few days, but you're home with, with your wife and your, your kids in Canada right now. And, and then in a couple months, you'll go back to Israel to, uh, to work. And so, so you kind of spent part of your time in Canada mm-hmm. and part of your time in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent most, more or less like seven months in Israel and five months in Canada. Yeah. Of course, not continuous, okay, divided. Right, right, yeah. right. But, but I guess for you, you're, you're so passionate about people understanding who God is and understanding the land of the Bible uh, that you leave Canada and your family to go to lead groups for a few months out of the year. Sometimes uh, when you leave uh, in such an environment over there, mm. you, and, uh, you love your kids as well, definitely, yeah. and you want a better future for them. Yeah. You have to leave a place to another which is much better for their future and for the grandkids' future yeah, as well. Yeah. And I believe that Canada would be a better place 
for my sons and my grandsons and daughters uh, for the future as well. Yeah. yeah. Because we all know the mess in the Middle East mm. and uh, just uh, as the many of my friends said, why you're leaving? Okay. I I always say my kingdom is not from the, from this world. <laughs> That's you right. Know, I just go to any world. The disciples went uh, to all over the country or the all over the world. Yeah. And and they, they did not end in Israel, did not stay in Israel. So mm. I just went to Canada seeking refuge, seeking uh, peace. And uh, you know, you all know that it's a peaceful place there. Right, right. Mm. But still my heart is still there. That's why I always mm. go on there and work. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the point. Yeah, that's good. During the pandemic, for example, two years, my wife tried to push me to, to do something because I was so much bored to, to work with any institution in Canada. Right. And I couldn't do anything. Yeah, I couldn't do because my heart is not in any other profession except guiding people in the Holy Land. Mm. And the, uh, the first opportunity I had when the tourism was opened back into Israel, mm-hmm. I jumped to that first opportunity mm. and uh, I traveled back there. And this is when God blessed me to meet you as That's well. That's right. There. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's good. That's good. Well, Rof, it's been a blessing to, to, to just hear from you for a few minutes. And man, I'm, I'm, um, I'm glad I've gotten to know you. And I'm glad you're on this side of the world today and we get to have you right here in the studio it's been good to have you today well the pleasure is mine yeah i am very happy and honored that uh, I, i call you brother absolutely absolutely and trey it's been good to have you too yeah but you're here i've enjoyed week. it uh i've enjoyed <laughs> it uh i i do want to say that uh, i appreciate your insight on prayer and uh you know the the psalmist reminded us that we are to pray for the peace of jerusalem amen And so uh, I want to encourage our people, you know, mm-hmm. as we see things going on over there. And I just saw another thing where I think a rocket was aimed at Jerusalem or something uh, recently or maybe Tel Aviv. But it, the point is, is that it's not uh, there can be a time when not only political unrest, but always my thing is, is the spiritual unrest that mm-hmm. is there. Mm-hmm. And we see uh, that happening. So. I just encourage our people to keep on praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And as you said, every, every moment of the day that we can do that. Amen. Amen. Well, pastor, this has been really good eye opening and I hope our people are inspired. I I would say as someone that has had never been before and didn't know what to expect, uh, that I cannot imagine now that I would not have gone. That's right. And so if you have any inkling that We've you would like to go. We've got dates on the calendar, 2024, February 16th, yeah, through 20, February 16th through 26th, we have on the calendar right now. And so, again, over the next few months, you'll hear some information about how you can sign up for that trip and, and join us. But it is always an amazing time to go. And, Amen. And to have someone like Ralph lead us is just a real tremendous blessing. Amen. So sign up, go with us, be great. Amen. Well, Pastor, as we uh, think about those things, why don't you close us out and uh, get us ready for yep. next week? It's been a blessing to have you on the podcast today, Rolf. And I hope if you're listening to to today's episode, it's been an encouragement to you. And if it has been encouragement, hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us get word out about the podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.